Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. In this place, God, Bishop, has given us a, a word. He said that this is the year of recovery and the year of stability. Well, the title for the message today is In the Recovery Room. Because as we are going forward, I love the whole idea of how God speaks to us. God speaks the end, and we know that he says, and then there was, and let there be. He speaks the end, and then we have to back up. We back up and go through process. So Bishop gave us the word by the prophet from God. He said stability. That's the end. But then he also said recovery. That's the process. So, and in recovery, it's threefold. We know he will have to pursue, we have to overtake, and then we recover, and then things are stable. So, we're in the recovery room, and since I've had a couple of experiences, more than I would like to talk about, I've had three experiences in the recovery room. I, I, I understand what happens in the recovery room. Now, those of you who had children, you know, you went to the recovery room. That might have been 20 years ago. Your kids are 40 years old. Here recently, within the last four years, I've been in the recovery room three times. So I'm really, this is kind of personal for me. And I want you to, as we delve into the, the text, I want you to find your personal path. Find your personal path. Find your place in the word. Find your place in the story. Find your place in 2021. Find your assignment as David found strength in the Lord. So here we're going to pick up. We're in the recovery room. So the first question, let's ask a question. First question, question number one is, how did David find strength in the Lord? Well, we know that his men were already mad at him. They had been fighting together. They had been out in the fields. He come, they returned home, and everything was destroyed. And so it was very common. That was, that was a normal, Bishop called it a normal reaction to cry and to weep when you've lost everything. And during this time, during 2020, we watched the enemy come into our world and nation. And we know that scripture tells us in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Well, steal just means you were robbed of something. Steal, I was robbed. I was robbed of a relationship with my children. I was robbed of seeing my grandchildren at Thanksgiving. I was robbed of holidays and birthdays. I've got grandbabies who had birthdays. We had to do that on FaceTime. I had to watch my granddaughter come out of the bedroom and her parents have a cupcake ready for her. We were robbed of that because the enemy comes to steal, rob, steal, rob, steal, rob, steal, rob. Premature deaths took place in 2020. Some people died. They were robbed of never seeing Momo and never seeing Grandma and never seeing Nana, never seeing Auntie. We were robbed, robbed, robbed. Threefold assignment of Satan to steal, kill, kill, murder, kill, murder, kill, murder. Floyd, George Floyd, murder, kill, murder, kill, murder, kill, murder. Black Lives Matter, kill, murder, kill, murder. Over and over and over we watched the enemy just go rapid through our nation and through our world. The whole world was looking at the United States. Protests went all over the country. All along, not even talking about destroy. To kill, steal, and destroy destruction, millions of people's lives, businesses, homes, jobs, seniors, seniors, no prom, no high school, no college, robbed. 
but God. So here we are. We can identify when David returned and saw daughters and sons were gone. We can identify that they lost everything, their flocks and their sheep. We can identify that everything was burned to crisp and ashes. So we understand the weeping. Because God understands your weeping. God understands my weeping. Sanctuaries are empty all over the nation. Robbed. We can't come together. Ten people in a gathering. Robbery. We have to worship at home like they did in the book of Acts. We're all gathering in small groups. And we're watching through a social media device. But God, but God has given us an answer. And today we're going to go into the word. So David sought the Lord. And then what's so wonderful in, in, in uh, verse 8, he says, then David said to Abadar, so, so after all the crying went on and, and, and everything, and they realized, hey, we have lost everything. What we need to do and learn from David is David, David switched. He switched. The Bible said they had cried all they can cry. I've been to the place where I've cried all I could cry. And then the Bible says David switched. He switched up on that. David switched up on that. What do you think probably happened to David? Something shook him. And right now, if you're still in that crying and weeping mode, and you're still there, it's time to switch up. It's time to shake it off. It's time to step into something. And it's time to see What's in your house? First thing David did, he said to Abadar, the priest, the son of Amalek, bring me the ephod. Abadar brought to him and said, David inquired of the Lord. He asked God, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake it? The first question is, what's in your house? First question is, what is in your house? Well, David couldn't go back to the tabernacle. The tabernacle was in Saul's territory. That's where they were fighting and raiding. So David couldn't return there. He couldn't go to the house of worship. He couldn't come to Harvest Church. He couldn't come to Harvest Church. He couldn't come to Harvest Church in Leavenworth and Harvest Church in St. Joe, Harvest Church in Monrovia Library. He couldn't come to Harvest Church in St. Joe's of Missouri. He couldn't come to church. He'd come to the tabernacle where he could hear from God, but he did find out what was in his house. And so there was a priestly garment, and we have a priestly garment. Bishop gave us this. I actually went around my house to see what was in my house. I've got tons of Bibles, and, you know, Bishop got commentaries to no end from Mac, Mac, Matthew Henry commentary. And so I went through my house to find out a priestly garment. And Bishop has a prayer cloth, but, you know, that's Bishop's prayer cloth. That's for the bishop. <laughs> now, Mrs. Halm, can I borrow your prayer cloth for this message? He would have said yes, but years ago, Bishop gave us, he gave us a prayer cloth, Harvest Church, 21-day Daniel's fast. And we are right in the midst of the 21-day Daniel's fast. We are in day seven, and seven is significant with this message. Oh, at the timing of God. God heard you in 2020. And now he's moving in 2021. Say, God is moving in my life. So what is an ephod? The Bible tells us that an ephod was a priestly garment. And so all David had left. Remember, the house is burned down. 
Remember the tabernacles over in Saul's country. Remember they had nothing, but they had something. It looked like they had nothing, but they had something. They had one thing, an ephod, a priestly garment. You've got something. You've got a testimony. You've got a Bible. You've got a word from your bishop. You've got something. Find that one thing and bring that to God. And with that, David found strength. Question is, how did he find strength? Let's look. How did David find strength? There's different ways that we can find strength in the Lord. And it's real simple. It's real simple. First of all, David probably started thinking about the time when God delivered him from the lion and the bear. He started reflecting. Scripture tells us that's simply meditation. We start meditating. Before he decided to move, before he decided to step out, before you decide to move, before you decide to step out, David sought the Lord. What must I do? Now, that was after the crying and after the weeping. He switched up on God. Switch up. Don't shake your body. Switch up. Shake it off. Got to switch up. And then he sought the Lord. So where are we? First of all, strength comes from reflecting and meditating on your past victory. Let's go to Joshua 1, verse 7 and 8. Well, we know Moses is dead. And Moses has died. And we're over in Joshua and the first part of the Bible tells us that, you know, Moses, my son is dead, Joshua. But as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. He tells us in Joshua 1, verse 7 and 8, be strong and be very courageous. In other words, God is speaking to him. Everybody's dead. Moses is dead. His leader is dead. Now it's in the hands of Joshua. It's in the hands of Joshua. It's in the hands of Joshua. Right in the middle of the pandemic, we came from a vacation. We took a few days away and came back in the night we returned, Bishop's mothers died. Bishop's mother died that night. We had to switch up. We had to make an adjustment. We had to accept something. We had to come to grips with that. It was unexpected. I watched my husband. I watched my baby brother. I watched my, my sisters. I watched them go through this tragedy. And I've been there. And I watched them. And then I was a part of it, perhaps not as deep as they were, because it was their mother. Joshua 1 and 8, now here, here he is, he's, he's before the Lord, and God speaks to him. He says, be strong, Joshua. That's a word for us in this season of recovery. Be strong. Say, be strong. And be courageous. Say, be courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. He's telling him, be careful. Stop. Moses gave you the law. Observe all the law that my, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or to the left. That may, that may, I'm sorry, do not turn from the right or the left. This thing is sliding. I'm with you. That you may observe to do whatever is in this book of the law. Always keep it on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and then you will have good success. What I love about this scripture, God gives Joshua lots of instructions. Same thing happened with David as he sought the Lord. He asked, he inquired of God. Scripture tells us he inquired of God. Should I pursue? Should I go? Should I go after them? So before you step out in your season of recovery, seek the Lord is step number one. Inquire of God. What is inquire? Let's look at the meaning of inquire. You might ask, what's the meaning of inquire? Good question. Acts of the text. To inquire means to ask for information. 
instructions or directions. So when I'm inquiring, I'm asking for information. We do that all the time. We set out, we're on the journey. We ask for information. We ask for instructions. But do we do that with God? Do we just have, you know, because we know scriptures. I know scriptures. This must be what I need to do because I know scriptures. Well, Satan knew scriptures. But have I checked in? Have I found that one thing in my home that gave me the strength to run again? We'll get into even more of that in our next message. Isaiah 40, 31. How did he gain strength? He trusted in the Lord after he meditated day and night. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Do you think David needed new strength? Have there been times when you and I needed new strength? Sure. They will soar high on wings like eagles, Isaiah 40. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Sounds like recovery. Sounds like recovery. And then over in Joshua 1, 9, God has, given, has not given us the spirit of fear but of love. We know that. Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you? He's back to Joshua. Have I not commanded you? He already told him, be bold and courageous. Then he turns around and God speaks again. Has God not spoken the same thing that he said before? And he hasn't said anything new. He says, have I not commanded you? One through seven, he's telling them, be strong and be, be courageous. Moses is gone. Then he comes back in nine. He said, have I not commanded? He goes from telling him to commanding him. Sounds like to me, uh, God got a little bit upset with Joshua. My mother used to say, I waited every morning as a child, even through the 12th grade, for the third wake-up call for school. She didn't know that I was training her on number three. You know, that time, you know, God deals with threes. And so mom would wake up, wake up, sunshine. It's morning. And I wouldn't move. And then round two, come on, come on, baby girl, Leah. My dad called me Suge. My mom called me Leah. Leah, school today. All right, be strong and courageous. Today is your day. You got to go to school. Third time. If you don't get yourself up out that bed and get on to school, I, that sounds like a command. Sounds like a straight up command. And guess what? I waited. I, did, I didn't move on the sugar and ice cream at first. I didn't move on the tulips and the flowers and the sweet sound of wake up. I waited for the command. Are you waiting on the command of God? Are you waiting on the command of God? He's already given you the word. Recover. Go. Pursue. Overtake. Then recover all. And then be stable. Stable. What you waiting on? What did you do yesterday? What have you done since the word came in 2021? What have you done? Because recovery, we're about to get into the room. Recovery is a process. Recovery is a process. Recovery is a process. Principles to live by during times of distress. Number one, build a house of faith. Build your house of faith. Build a house of faith. Number two, confess the word of God. What do I do during times of distress? What do I do during hard times? What do I do during this time? One, I build my house on the word of God. And you know scripture tells us about the man who builds his house on sand and the man who builds his house. I don't know, but you're building something. 
is either on the sand or is on the word of God. But baby cakes, you're building something. You're building something. Is it going to stand on the word of God? Or are you going to sink like sinking sand? One of the songs used to say back in the day. Another way to do during times of distress is confess the word of God. And what do we do? How do we do that? We know that in Romans, that word of God is where? In two places, in our heart and it's on our mouth. Romans 10, 8 and 11 says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. That is the message concerning what? Faith. And we'll get into faith in our next part of this lesson. That we proclaim, if you declare with your mouth, and I'm declaring with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I think David declared that Jesus, I think David declared, he declared, he sought the Lord and he opened his mouth and we saw it in the word of God and you shall be saved. Well, we know that by confessing the word of God, times of distress. Building our house of faith. Strengthening our faith. How did David strengthen his faith? Oh, he just stayed in the word. He meditated in the word. He meditated in the word. He waited for God. He waited for God to speak. He waited for that command. And he got it too, didn't he? Now did you? And are you getting it? So we know, first of all, and just to review, let's talk about this recovery room. This is where I've been wanting to go all day. To recover is the act of returning to the normal practice to regain health, the act of regaining possessions, to improve, and synonyms for a recovery is to recapture. Some of you want to recapture a relationship. Some of your relationship went, went um, south, as people would say here in Missouri, went south in Louisiana. To recapture means to get a vision of happier times and happier times and happier times. This is what happens in recovery. I'm starting to recapture this. Don't you think David started seeing his family? I've got to get my family back. I've got to get my children back. I've got to get my men's family and daughters back. We've got to get our livestock back. All in recovery, I'm thinking about recapturing because the surgery is over. And last year, we've been cut, sliced, diced, and put to the side. We've been rolled up and everything else, locked in, shut in, masked up, masked down. We've been rolled over, gloves, sanitized. We are cleaner than we've ever been. We've done it all based upon the signs, but now God's speaking. God is speaking. So in recovery, we're recapturing. Another synonym of recovery is to return, to return back to the place when things got off track. Return. We're returning back to some things. And then restore. Another, another synonym of recovery is to restore. That means to work to make it anew. Ha, restore is work. Restore is work. See, recovery is not, not going to poof. It's not magical. To reform and to rebuild is to restore. For those who are married, the Lord gave Bishop and I Two words from Dr. Um, Dr. Roy Hicks. He said, Steve, he met, he met us, we were married only about three weeks. He said, Steve and Donna, he said, marriage is just two things, repair 
and adjust. Sounds like recovery. So you have a hiccup in the marriage. You bump into each other. Bishop and I, we bump right on into each other yesterday. He was right in the middle. I'm all in prayer. I'm all in the word. And he just bumped. There we go. And, of course, I said the wrong thing. I said the wrong thing. And Bishop says, I'm just not going to say anything. That's what he said, which was good. So we repaired it. We made the adjustment. We recovered the marriage. And we move on. So recovery can happen in seconds. You don't even know where it came from. All of a sudden, boop. All the married people are with me on that. But then there's some who said 2021, they weren't going to go into this union. It was over. 2020 was so difficult during the time of the pandemic, the loss of jobs, the loss of money, the loss of the home, the loss of love, the love of relationships. I'm asking you, husbands and wives, we got some laughing here because they're still sticking with it. But I'm speaking directly to the one who said, I don't want to recover. I'm asking you to stay with me in these next three messages. I'm asking you to stay with us in these 21-day fast. And I'm asking you on the, on the end of the fast, when day seven, if you're joining, join us now. At the end of the fast, hear what God has to say, and then obey. Amen? Can you say amen to that? Some marriages will just say, question number two, how long does recovery take after surgery? Well, I got the answer. Not from my own experience. After surgery, you're taken to the recovery room. You might spend in hospitals 45 minutes to two hours in a recovery room. This is medically where nurses will watch you closely. You may stay longer depending on your surgery and on how fast you wake up from the anesthesia. Tips for fast recovery. I want to know these tips. How can I get through this process fast? One, manage your pain. Manage your pain. Manage the fact that you have lost some things. Manage the fact that things are not the way they used to be. Manage the fact that you had to pivot and make some adjustments. Manage the fact that you've lost some things along the way. The first tip to a fast recovery, say fast recovery, is to manage the pain. How do we manage the pain? By daily, daily, and throughout the day, declare the promises of God. So when the pain comes, oh, God, I thank you for my healing. Oh, God, I thank you, God, that you are with me. Manage the pain. Tip for recovery. Say tip for recovery. Number two, get adequate rest. So while you're even in the pain, and we know we're taking medications because the doctor prescribed things. You go to CVS and Walgreens and all your Walmart. You get your, you get your prescription when you leave the hospital. And that prescription today is take the word of God three times a day. By stripes I'm healed. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I can do all things through Christ. It's not by power. It's not by might. During this time of recovery, it may be painful because David knew that his men left him. His men left him. They all didn't go with him. And so with that, manage the pain and then get adequate rest. What's that rest? Rest in the Lord. Resting that God has heard you. Rest in the Lord. And he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That's a place of rest. The baby girl talked about a place of refreshment. Yes, yes. 
refreshment is in that rest. And then this is the third part of recovery because it's a process. Say it's a process. So you have managed your pain because pain is going to be throughout this time of recovery. It's not going to be a walk in the tulips. I wish it would be. But we already know we're headed to what? Recovery is not the destination. We're headed to stability. We're headed to stability. Recovery is just the process of which we're going to get there. And then step number three, tip number three. Say tip number three is get moving. Get moving. That's physical activity. In the hospital, the day after surgery, they get you up and make you walk. And I walked just a little bit because, once again, I was waiting for that command. I played the nurses. I made a few little steps. And I walked to the door, and I came back, and I sat down because I was in pain. I was in pain. Day two, they let me play that game. And they said, no, you need to walk a little further. Sweet nurses. I walked maybe a few, 10 more steps because I was in pain. Day three, I asked the question, when am I going to go home? Because now I'm tired of this place. They told me, you see that door at the end of the hallway? That's where you need to walk there and walk back. They gave me a goal. David had a goal. The Lord spoke to him. Pursue. Should I pursue them? Pursue. How do I recover this? I've lost everything. Pursue. Overtake. Recover all. David was goal-driven. And we'll talk about that as we get into our part two, about how to recover all. Right now, we're still in recovery. Right now, we're still in the room. And also a part of this whole wonderful phase of recovery, you need a recovery team. You need people who love you and people who care for you. And David had a team of men who stayed with him. And during my seasons of surgery, I had, I called in, Bishop and I called in Brenda and Stan. We had dinner with them prior to the, prior to the surgery. They thought we were just having dinner, but Bishop and I were on a mission. You got to call your team together. We told Stan and, Barry, Stan and Brenda, they were the very first, and I blessed them today because they had the assignment, because the Lord told us who to call, who to tell, and we'll give them their assignment. And so with that, Brenda and Stan were the first intercessors, along with Minister Grabney and Dr. Bessie Hampton. I blessed them today. First surgery. So Brenda went out, and she was right there that morning the surgery. She and Stan praying. We went through the whole process. I'm in the recovery room. I got home. Brenda went to Sam's, got all the groceries, way too much food. You got to know her. But way too much food for two people. She cooked. She cooked. She cooked. And I nibbled. And she insisted, eat some more. Manage the pain. Eat a little bit more. Can you give me two more bites? She was so gentle in that. Give me two more bites. And then I waited for the command because I played her. I don't feel good. Because you play God. You play your family. You play during that time of recovery. Because I don't feel good. You start being that baby again. And she said, you got to eat this. And you will eat this. And I'm going to stand right here 
until you do. You need a command in your life. In the midst of that, I survived the surgery, praise God, went on, got a report, surgery number two, recovery room number two. I came out. I knew not to play the game. You need me to eat more jello, I'll eat more jello. What you need me to do? Because now I've learned. Learn from the pain. Learn from the mistakes. Marquita came up to the hospital late at night, like 11 o'clock, and I was on soft foods. They brought me all the nasty potato stuff, and I said, oh, this is yuck. And my recovery team, say recovery team, she said, what, you, what do you need? I said, I don't need anything, but I want some Panera bread, broccoli, and cheese soup. If I'm on soft foods, why I can't have broccoli and cheese soup? And then bring another tub of the potato soup. If I, got, if I can eat potatoes in the hospital, I can eat potatoes from Panera. Get your recovery team. They on your side. They on your side, Jesus. Panera Bread came on in. She called me about 6 o'clock. I didn't get it till midnight almost, but I tell you what, it was hot. It was a little, it was right. And she had to sneak it in. Get you a recovery team. That's your takeaway. I hope you're laughing through this. I hope you're laughing through this season of pain. I hope you can find a place to laugh. Surgery number three. Recovery room number three. Oh, now, I'm ready now. I had to call in reinforcement. I blessed Marquita, blessed the Barris, blessed Dr. Hampton. Boss lady from Louisiana, my sister Linda came. She said, I'm going to stay as long as I need to stay. So she came in. She cooked every day. Jessica and Mary came in. They worked all through my house while I, lied, while I laid in my bed. I'm recovering. I'm recovering. I can get up a little bit. They're there when I got up. They're there when I went to bed. They're working with me. The nurse came in. I'm in recovery. Get your recovery team. That's people in faith with you. That's people standing with you. That's people that you can call on. I bless them today. I bless them for that season because I'm in a place of stability. But it was in that season of recovery while I needed them. Oh, it's stable now. Jessica introduced me to Crock-Pot Meals. I didn't know about crock pot. I didn't believe in the crock pot. I didn't have faith for the crock pot. I said, who's going to go to bed and wake up and everything's just going to be done? But in my place of recovery, I felt like eating some oxtail. Let me say that to this, this crowd. Because when you can almost see your way to that land of stability, your appetite changes. You move from Panera bread soup, soft foods, to meat and potatoes. So I knew I was on the way to health. You know when you're on the way to health because you start eating differently. You start walking differently. You start running again. You got your stride back. You got your appetite back. You got your swagger back. I said, oxtail, please. Can you say oxtail? So the girls came in. She married Jessica. You know, they come in pairs. 
You know, you can't get married without Jessica. You can't even invite one without invite the other. You can't invite the Covingtons without expecting the Jones. You can't prepare a meal for the Covingtons because the Jones are coming and they might get a little slighted if they're not invited. I don't know where they go apart from each other other than to their homes and to their, you know. You know, I don't know where they don't go together. So Mary and Jessica came. I'm sitting up at the counter now because Brenda's already beat me through all the eating. My sister Linda's fed me. I'm in day. I'm in surgery room recovery season three. And the crock pot is laid out, and uh, she put all she put all the layers and she did all the work. And then she told me she said around three o'clock in the morning, get up and put your gravy in, and it'll be ready to eat. I didn't think about it, so maybe around let's say six o'clock I got up. I did what she said. I followed the instructions. Follow the instructions in recovery. David, follow the instructions because he was on a new assignment. In recovery is a new assignment. Each one of your stages of recovery is a new assignment. Follow the instructions. Go. Pursue. Manage the pain. Get the rest. Get moving. Overtake. Recover all. Bishop gave us a word at the very end as we come to a close in this part of the message and we'll get into part two on Wednesday part two talks about uh, the power of persistent faith during this season of recovery Bishop said that the year 2021 has the number 21 and it has a threefold seven that's within the number 21 seven say seven he said that seven signifies or symbolizes divine expectancies or divine expectations and he said God will meet us at the level of our expectations in this season of recovery your assignment is to to raise your expectations I'll say it again in the season of recovery it's time for you to raise your level of expectations raise your level of expectations expect God to not only just give you back what you've lost but to give you more the Bible tells us in Ephesians 3 that now unto him God who is able God and we know willing to do what the exceedingly the abundantly the above all that I can ask ah if you would only ask of me if you would only inquire David inquired if you would only inquire if I would ask what shall I do, God, in this season? Don't move until you ask. And don't move until you get a word from God. Don't just move because you know scripture and you are in faith. We'll talk about that in the next lesson. Move when you've heard from God. This number 21 symbolizes divine expectancy. Well, I thought about that, too, and I had to see what was in my house. That was 21. Well, Bishop and I, we were both born on the 21st day of the month. Mine happened to be in June, which was also the first day of summer. So I was born in a season of change. Bishop was born October 21st. Sounds like some divine expectations was going on on the 21st. All of you born on the 21st, it's just a threefold form of seven. And every number, don't, don't, get off, don't fall off in the ditch right there. I just lost you because you're not on the 21st. See, see, see. See how you get off the bandwagon? It's not about the 21. I'm just telling you what a prophet said. Don't, don't fall out. Your number has biblical significance too. Do your own study. 
find out why God, he said, there's a time to be born. Ecclesiastes. For every man. It's just not your birthday. What happened on that number? What happened with that day? Why did they name it this way? What, what, what does this mean? God said, there's a time for you to be born. Well, if it's a time, if I had to be born on the 21st of June, the season of summer, my mom could have named me Donna Summers. I'm just kidding. Donna Summers wasn't even doing singing during that time. Change gears. Pivot. Shift. Get back into the word. Bishop told me, smile when I'm ministering. Please tell them smiling. Threefold of seven. And here's the best part about 21. What's going on in my life? I'm in a 21-day fast. We're right, in, we're right in position that at the end of this fast, at this time that we are preparing to hear from God and making adjustments and repairing and seeing what we must recover, seeing what we must recapture, seeing what must be restored, getting our assignment from God. We're right in the very midst of day seven, multiples of seven, in a 21-day fast. Join us at Harvest Church, and let's hear from God. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach. 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.